Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. The sands of time come with extra candles on the birthday cake, wrinkles, weight gain, aches and pains, and of course, the loss of libido. We're told this is just a normal part of getting older. Many people believe how we age is determined by our genes, but could our lifestyle hold the key to a healthy and thriving lifespan? Joining us is Dr. Frank Lipman, author of The New Rules of Aging Well. He's going to share how we can build immune resilience, strength, and vitality through easy-to-make lifestyle changes. If you want to maintain your youth and be able to proudly say age is just a number, don't go anywhere. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is a world-renowned pioneer of integrative and functional medicine. He's the founder of 1111 Wellness Center and is the chief medical officer at The Well in New York City. His print and television credits include The Dr. Oz Show, Good Morning America, The Food Network, ABC News, The New York Times, and Cosmopolitan Magazine, just to name a few. He's the best-selling author of six books. His newest book is called The New Rules of Aging Well, a simple program for immune resilience, strength, and vitality. Welcome to the show, Dr. Frank Lippman. Thank you for having me. Uh, great to have you with us. You know, one of the biggest misconceptions I hear about aging is our genes determine our destiny. Let's start off by debunking this misconception. Why, in your opinion, does this popular belief miss the mark? Well, it misses the mark because 98% of our genes are malleable. In other words, how they're expressed is determined by how we live our lifestyles. Now, you can have a gene for blue eyes or for black hair, um, but most of the genes we have, including those for heart disease, for Alzheimer's, for, um, <clears throat> for a predisposition to diabetes, etc., can, can be affected by how we live our lives. In other words, how we express those genes is determined by what you feed those genes, what you surround those genes with. So we know now from epigenetics that most of our genes actually you can upregulate or downregulate. Right. So really what I, what I found is it's not necessarily the the genes that carry over, but a lot of time it's the habits that we pick up from our parents, and maybe they picked up from their parents, right? So that does spread down. I've seen family members that eat the same rotten foods and have this, the lousy lifestyle, so I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk about food, though. With so many conflicting diets out there, including keto, paleo, plant-based, Mediterranean, is there a diet that promotes better aging? Well, you know, I don't think there's one right diet for everyone. I think, you know, everyone does differently on different diets. I think for you know, paleo. You know, some people do really well on a paleo diet. Uh, some people do really well on a plant-based diet. So there are pros and cons of each, and I think it's a real individual choice. And then you've got to see how you work with it. But what I will say is, uh, you know, and I used to eat mainly paleo because I was pre-diabetic, you know, ten years ago, and I switched my diet from a more plant-based to a paleo diet and reversed the the pre-diabetes. But as we get older, once we get into our 50s and 60s, it's actually a good idea to decrease the amount of animal protein one eats. You don't have to stop it completely, and I'm I'm not recommending that, but decreasing it is actually good for aging. And that's because of how animal protein affects 
um, some of one of the longevity genes in particular. Interesting. I know in your book you share something that really makes a lot of sense. You say once we reach our 40s, our body doesn't require the calories as it once did because it's protecting and preserving instead of growing. Would this explain why someone in their 30s could eat an entire pizza, see no weight gain, but eating just a couple slices of pizza in their 50s packs on the pounds? Yeah, I think that's partly it. I think, you know, I just sort of divided us. Uh, our life into sort of up to 40 or 45 and afters because up till about 40, 45, it's about growing and reproducing and getting strong. After 40, 45, it's about how we preserve what we have. Um, why someone in their 30s can eat all that crap and not put on weight, I think probably has more to do with, uh, you know, sugar metabolism and insulin resistance. And because as we get older, our capacity to metabolize carbohydrates decreases. So that's sort of what happened to me is a perfect example. When I was young, I could eat all that, you know, pizza and all the bread and all those carbs and not be a problem. But as I got older, my capacity to metabolize all those carbs decreased. So that's when I became pre-diabetic and put on a little bit of weight. So I think Partly it has to do with, um, with uh, 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 probably mostly has to do more with our, with our carbohydrate metabolism. And that's why so many people we see in America, you know, one in three people are, are diabetic or pre-diabetic, and it usually comes on as we get older. Right. Good point. Now, you're a big advocate of fasting for 16 hours each day. Share how this can help benefit how, has, our aging. How does that benefit how we age? Well, you know, f- you know, f- you know, firstly, you know, when you do intermittent fast, which I do, you know, you tend to just eat two meals a day. Um, when you start restricting all the calories you're eating into an eight-hour period, you just tend to eat less. And eating less is probably one of the most res- well-researched um, way of, of how to stay young. So the first thing is it decreases the amount of calorie- calories. The second thing is... It stimulates a mechanism in our body called autophagy, which is the self-cleansing mechanisms in our body. So as we get older, this function of autophagy decreases as well. And you need, you need autophagy because your body is, you know, uh, consistently trying to cleanse itself. You know, it breaks, you know, from normal metabolic processes, it's breaking down. Um, cells or, or, or nutrients and it creates all these metabolites and your body has to clear them. And as we get older, that process doesn't function as well. So we get more prone to you know, chronic illnesses and cancers. So that mechanism is actually stimulated by fasting. So, you know, decreases as we get older and that's why doing fasting, especially as you get older, can actually pump that mechanism up a little bit. And also, you know, fasting is good for, for carbohydrate metabolism, for insulin resistance. It's good for a whole host of things. Um, so all around, I think fasting is one of the better things one can do as we get older for our health, for our longevity. 
Yeah, and I would I would imagine probably because of our immune system is primarily in the gut, and when you rest and reset and just don't yeah, lift, exactly. don't come right, the body's taking its you know going in hibernation rather than working so hard, and then it can help you with your immune system. So that's a good point. Hey, one thing that you mentioned in your book, you recommend walking barefoot, and you know I remember first learning about earthing technique ten right. years ago from my friend Dr. Stephen Sinatra. Share how something as simple as walking barefoot in the grass can benefit our health. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's not strong, strong evidence about this, but I think there is some evidence. And, you know, I just know how much better I feel when I walk barefoot on the beach, you know. Um, but the, the, the idea is that when you're walking barefoot on, on, on the soil or on the beach, you, you're getting some of the, elect, the, so the electrical um, grid of the earth, per se. So you're getting some of those... Um, not uh, electrons from the earth, which apparently affect our bodies in a way that is actually good for for our health. Now, I'm not. That's not something I'm big big on, but I do think it helps. But it's not like in the top ten things. I mean, I think just generally being in nature is probably almost as effective as walking barefoot on the beach or on the ground. So, but you know, the other aspect of walking barefoot, I think, you know, we get so used to walking in our shoes all the time. So it's good up. It's good to free up our feet. So, so true. Such a good point. Talk to us about brain health. I know cognitive decline is considered a normal part of aging. So we're told and share how we can hang on to our memories better as our hairs turn to gray. Right. So it's, you know, most of the, the modalities and techniques I recommend in the book for for better longevity affect our brain as well. You know, we talked about um, eating less sugar. Sugar is probably one of the biggest toxins for the brain. Um, I think uh, fasting is very helpful as well. Sleep is key. So we have another cleansing mechanism in the brain called the glymphatic system that also cleans out all those proteins and metabolites made during the day when we are awake, and this glymphatic system works at night to cleanse all those, you know, breakdown particles at night. And if you don't sleep, that doesn't work as well. So sleep is probably one of the most important things you can do. Dealing with stress, you know, we know now stress can affect our cognitive um, functions in a negative way. So dealing with stress, learning meditation, Meditation is probably one of the better things one can do uh, for our brain and for our health in general. Exercise. I mean, exercise, once again, affects everything. It affects our brain. It affects our microbiome. It affects your health in general. So all these simple lifestyle changes that we can make, you know, sleeping better, exercising, dealing with stress, affects our health in so many ways and, and absolutely affects our, uh, how well we age. Yeah. Talk to us about wine. I've had experts on the show advocating two glasses of wine per day for heart, health, and longevity. But in your book, you share some reasons why daily alcohol may not be such a great idea as we age. How come? Yeah. You know, it's how we metabolize alcohol. You know, alcohol, my experience with alcohol has been it affects so many people's sleep. Now, if you're drinking alcohol and it's not affecting your sleep, it may not be such a problem. But, you know, I think it's a myth to think that you need you, drinking alcohol is necessarily good for your health. I, I do think 
the idea of drinking alcohol around the table with friends and family and in community i think the, the that aspect of the drinking is is good for is much better for our health than the actual alcohol per se you know to me alcohol is is a is a toxin but you know drinking some alcohol is not a problem why i think it's good for our health is more related to the context of how we drink it so if you're drinking it in community with families, you know, eating, uh, drinking it over while you're eating a slow meal for a couple of hours, that's good for our, you know, that's right. good for your health more than the alcohol. That's my take. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you as well. Um, also, I have I, I have known so many people that die shortly after they retire from their job. And for many, their occupation defines yeah. them, gives them a purpose for waking up each day. How can people enjoy their golden years with motivation and still find that purpose? Right, David. I think that's a great point. I think having purpose and, 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 and motivation in life is so key. So you've got to find something that's meaningful to you. So once, you know, a lot of people retire and their job was their life, you you've got to find something else, whether it's volunteering at a nonprofit that you believe in, whether it's with your grandchildren, whether it's, you know, helping mentor someone, you know, younger people. I don't, it's, I, the most important thing is to find something that's meaningful, meaningful to you. It can't be meaningful to someone else. It has to turn you on and it has to make you want to feel that when you wake up in, your, in the morning that you're doing something meaningful for the world. And it doesn't have to be changing the world. It can be something as small as, you know, helping your neighbor, helping your, your grandchildren, anything like that. Just it needs to be meaningful to you. Yeah, good point. What about, you know, obviously what we everybody endures as we age is the, the declining libido. Many people believe that loss of a sex drive, eh, it's just part of the normal aging process. But, you know, when intimacy declines and already comes to a standstill, that doesn't have to be the case, correct, as we age? What's, what's so, some of the secrets? I agree. Yeah, that doesn't have to be the case. I mean, to me, the libido is usually a function of of other aspects going on in, in our lives. For many people, it's just they're not sleeping enough, they're stressed out. Um, there's some issues in the relationship that haven't been dealt with. So, to, to you know, the libido is often, I mean, listen, your libido is going to decrease. You're not, you're not going to have the same libido at, at 60 that you had at 20. So that's, you know, part of the aging process is to accept these changes. But it doesn't mean that you can't ha have a libido and, and enjoy your sex life. I think if there is a problem, you need to look to see what's going on in your life. You know, and, and sleep, stress, and, and relationship issues would be big, big ones for me. And diet can can play play a part too. And once again, exercise. So it's all these lifestyle changes that you know people sort of know are good for them. Actually, helps all aspects of their life, whether it's their libido or their cognitive function. Yeah, good point. What about, you know, what comes with aging, aches and pains? Is there anything natural that you can recommend for people to do for relief as we endure the, the pain of aging? <laughs> yeah, once again, you don't have to have so much pain. You know, there's no question as we get older. I mean, I know for myself, you know, as we get older, you, you have more tweaks and more aches. You know, I get body work frequently, um, Epsom salts baths because of the magnesium relaxes one, uh, fo foam rolling is incredibly helpful. I think stretching and foam rolling as we get older becomes more and more important. Um, infrared saunas are incredibly helpful. 
Um, I think I mentioned magnesium is a great um, nutrient that helps relax muscles. So, you know, you know, once again, it's uh, my whole philosophy on aging is a lot of the same um, lifestyle changes that I recommend for for one area is going to affect all areas of our body. True. Is there a point of no return for some folks? Like if somebody's listening right now in their 80s or 90s, is there still hope that they can te- turn things around and experience cellular reju- rejuvenation? It's never too late. It's never too late. And I've seen that in 80-year-old patients. Um, it's never too late. It's never too late to start exercising. It's never too late to like take your, your sleep seriously. It's never too late to change your diet. I think... Um, Supplements, certain supplements can be very helpful. I know, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, I'm often called a quack because I recommend supplements. I think supplements can can be really helpful in the aging process as well because we tend to get deficient in certain nutrients. Um, It's always good, you, you know, to go to a physician or a functional medicine or any type of physician who can measure some of the nutrient levels you know, as we get older, I see so many people who have B12 deficiencies, vitamin D deficiencies, and, you know, there's certain um, levels we can measure and, and supplement. So there are so many things we can do, even in our 80s, that can make us feel better. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, every day billions of cells die and get replaced, whether you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s, yep. and, how, and what they get replaced with is up to you, you know, how you eat, exactly. how you take care of yourself, how you supplement. Exactly. I mean, these new cells, you get new opportunity because they're, they're starting to grow tomorrow, and you know, it's, exactly. it's it, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, in your book, you recommend something that we don't talk much about, cold rinse after a hot shower, share the health benefits of doing something so unpleasant, especially during during this cold winter season. <laughs> well, well, you know, there's there's a, um, a concept called hormesis. Hormesis uh-huh. means uh, uh, these are little stresses on the body. So we know that chronic stress is not good for us and, and is not good for aging in particular. But uh, acute stresses on the body are very good for it, it, the way it st- they stimulate the longevity genes. So acute stresses are like high-intensity interval training, a little burst of, of, of extra pushing in the exercise, um, going from a sauna to a cold plunge or, plunge or going from a hot shower to ending off with a cold shower. These are these little acute stresses, these hormetic um, stresses, or they have these hormetic effects on the body. Uh, even intermittent fasting has a hormetic effect on the body. It's a little bit of a stress on the body. So, you know, what they always say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So that's basically the concept. A little bit of stress is actually good for the body, and a cold shower after a, a hot shower is that little bit of stress, which is, is great for your longevity genes. Yeah, good point. Somebody mentioned that, you know, when you do a cold shower, uh, vasoconstricts the exterior blood vessels, and that brings fresh blood to the organs, the heart, the brain. And yep. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. It's like, yeah, bring it where yep. it, we, with you, we, we need it most. And yep. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that. It's fantastic. Hey, in the two minutes we have left, is there anything you'd like to share that we didn't cover today on Aging Well? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the intent, to me, the intangibles actually even become more important as we get older. Things like having gratitude, um, being kind, being kind to ourselves and being kind to others. Um, and we talked about having meaning. So I think these, 
these these what I call intangibles that we can't really measure, I think have a huge effect on our on how we age. You know, being part of a community or feeling part of a tribe, being kind, having gratitude, being able to forgive. Um, I, I'm as I get older, I think these are actually probably even more important. Although we, you know, there's not research per se, but I think it's they probably as important or, or maybe even more important than how we eat, how we move, how we sleep. Yeah, great, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us today, sharing such age-defying information. I'm sure our listeners took good notes, and you want to know more? The book is called The New Rules of Aging Well, a simple program for immune resilience, strength, and vitality. And you can get your copy at drfranklipman.com. And while there, be sure and sign up for his free newsletter so you can stay up to date with all the latest health news and how to reach your optimal health. And you can follow Dr. Lipman on Facebook and Twitter at Dr. Frank Lipman on Instagram. He's at Frank Lipman MD. And for my daily Facebook and Twitter post, I'm at Dr. David Friedman on Instagram. I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard Dr. Lipman share something today that would benefit somebody you know, which I'm sure you did, send them a link to this podcast. It's available at toyourgoodhealthradio.com or radiomd.com and peruse our podcast library and share these segments with friends, family, and coworkers. And on social media, this information is too important to keep yourself. As I always say, sharing is caring. Get this word out. You can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.